0: three of the bill michael show good stuff appreciate you being here today thanks so much as always joining us now on the hotline our guy mike renner from pro football focus uh, at pff underscore mike if you want to follow him there mike how you doing
1: doing fantastic thanks for having me on
0: what a weekend coming up Uh, and i will i will get into that Uh, I'll I'll get into the weekend coming up here momentarily, um, but um, give me your thoughts on the saga that is in Green Bay right now.
1: Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I I truthfully, I was of the opinion last year that it was kind of time I thought the ship had sailed, and I I think it's well overdue now, just because I I don't see how you improve this roster. Uh, I mean, you're objectively not a team – as we saw this year, that's ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, you're an average football team. And I don't see how that changes with your cap situation right now and with the draft capital you have. So I just think that the only way to get that to change is to have to get some things back somewhere, and that can come from Dylan Aaron Rodgers.
0: OK, so being the draft guru that you are, uh, I've said that this team is probably going to look in the term of safety or secondary. They need more help in the trenches defensively up front. Devontae White, I thought, really came on at the end of the season, but they need more help. They need more depth there. Uh, same thing with the offensive line and also at the tight end position at the wide receiver position. Uh, maybe later in the draft you find yourself an additional running back, but I'm not overly concerned about that right now. But give me your thoughts. Let's start with a tight end position. Give me your thoughts on a tight end that this team could take that you could say, yeah, this, guy, this guy's a real guy to watch out for.
1: They're in luck. I'd be very surprised if they left this draft without a tight end just because it's the deepest position in this draft. It's one of the best tight end classes I've seen. And obviously you're going to see a lot of mocks with Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end, just because, the Packers obviously kind of covet inline blocking or just blocking in general from the tight end position. He's one of the best that we've seen, in, you know, in our nine years of college grading now in terms of just being NFL ready as an inline blocker. Get open eyes on the speak for himself. So he's the guy I think they're gonna be interested in. I think also, also Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end. If he's there in the second round, is someone they're gonna look at because he's I mean, size wise, he's even bigger than a Mercedes Lewis. He's six seven. 275-280 and runs like a horse, going to run low 4.6s. So that's an interesting name to keep an eye out that they have a role for in that offense.
0: Defensively in the trenches, uh, I don't know if they're going to go early or late, but give me some of your thoughts on some of the guys that they could possibly be looking at for the system they play.
1: Yeah, the problem is I think the defensive tackle class, there's just not a ton of talent. Uh, there's really only two guys, I'd say, that are first-rounders. And they're probably going to both go top ten. That's Jalen Carter from Georgia, Brian Bersie from Clemson. Uh, and then after that, you're going to be looking middle of the second. Uh, I think this edge class is a lot deeper. If someone like a Kyrie Wilson from Texas Tech, a Miles Murphy from Clemson, because they like the bigger, explosive defensive ends, those guys are both in that mold. Uh, if one of them falls somehow to the middle of the first round, I think they're running that card in. Unfortunately, a guy like Jared Verst who I think from Florida State also fit that mold, ended up coming back to school. So uh, there are some names. I think that, you know, is obviously a position that's covered highly over the years um, and one that they're probably going to look to replenish.
0: And when you guys sit down and start to analyze and get into the draft and then obviously you start to look at teams and you say, here's what their needs, here's where they're drafting. If you had to pick some of the needs for the Green Bay Packers uh, right now and say, okay, let's highlight some of these positions, what are they? Do they need another wide receiver? Do, do We talked about tight end, more in the tr- – what, what would you go with if you're the Green Bay Packers?
1: I still think you need a wide receiver um, on the sole basis that you have two guys. You know, I like Christian Watson. I like Romeo Dobbs. I think that's a great starting point. But neither of them have ever been reliable. You know, both of them have big concerns with – their hands and the reliability in that regard that going forward, you just need a guy that you're not going to have to worry about that with. So while that may not be a guy you're getting in the draft or uh, free agency here, I just think that's a big thing that's missing. Obviously tight end. You don't have a ton of talent there. I think defensive side of the ball safety is going to be a need after what they're going to probably go through this off season. And I think defensive tackle also a big need for them.
0: Is there a safety out there that you would have your sights set on?
1: Yeah, you're going to see Brian Branch, the Alabama safety, mock to the Packers a lot. Uh, versatile guy. I think he may even be best in the slot uh, where obviously they tried Darnell Savage at towards the second half of the season, but I, that's probably his best role at the NFL level. He's a guy that can, you know, what the Packers want to do defensively, I think he's perfect because he can allow you to just play in that nickel basically every snap because he's good enough against the run uh, and one of the best tacklers. I think he's one that's four tackles his entire collegiate career, so uh, that's a guy that, yes, safety's not a position that gets drafted that highly, but he's he's one that's worth it.
0: Uh, I want to look into the to the current, so to speak, but I want to ask you your opinion. Brock Purdy, I mean, did you see this coming?
1: It's funny. I, I was actually. Uh, so the the media draft board, the athletic puts them all together into a consensus board every year, and the guy who runs that said that the PFF draft board was actually highest on Brock Purdy of any media draft board. And I will tell you right now, I did not see this coming whatsoever. I think he was like 140 on the PFS draft board. And I will hand to God that I didn't think he'd ever even be a starter in the NFL. I just thought he was a cool backup. I thought he was the guy that did a lot of the things well that you needed to do to succeed in the NFL, whether it was pocket presence, whether it was uh, being able to be mobile, being able to make plays outside of structure and to be accurate. I did not think he would be, you know, leading the NFL in passer rating since he took over. Now, obviously, some of that – the talent around him some of that the offense, but he is really a perfect fit for that offense. It's an offense that doesn't ask quarterbacks to throw the ball 40 plus yards down the football field to be successful. It's an offense that just asks you to hit the guy that's open every single time and pretty well he's just been doing that.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's been amazing to see a guy that, uh, like you said, nobody thought was even going to become a starter. He was just more of a roster spot filler to all of a sudden find himself in the divisional round of the playoffs, facing off against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. So I I completely agree with you. Give me your thoughts on this weekend. We finally see Trevor Lawrence begin to emerge under the uh, tutelage of Doug Peterson. Do they have a legitimate shot at knocking off Kansas City in the way Trevor Lawrence is playing right now?
1: I think they do. Um, I think they have a little bit more of a shot than they've been given credit for. You just go to last week's game, they can score. I think the biggest thing that they have right now that you need to have to be the Chiefs is basically they can score when the defense knows you're going to pass. Like They've done that, or Trevor Lawrence has done that repeatedly over the second half of the season. That's kind of been why everyone's saying he's broken out. He's arrived because... In those got-to-have-it situations, he's been tremendous. And that's what the, kind of separates the elite quarterback from the Kirk Cousins of the world. So uh, I do think we've seen that with Trevor Lawrence. And when you have that guy, you're not really out of any game. And now while I think the Chiefs are still the better side, um, it's like close. You know, the Jags have a good defense. The Jags are capable of getting after Patrick Mahomes in this one. So uh, I'm not counting them out. I think that eight-and-a-half point spread is a little too much for me.
0: I looked at what Daniel Jones did against that defense up in Minnesota, and he was able to run and pick up 70-plus yards in a series, and he was just all over the place. But I, you can't do that against his Eagles team. And I think this is where the Giants run. And as much as I like Dable as a head coach, and he's, a, he's just a good guy, so to speak, I think this is where their run ends. Are the Eagles all that? Are they the most well-rounded team right now left in the postseason?
1: They are. Um, I think they on shoulder, Shane Johnson, injury like that's worrisome to me but I think you the nail on the head about their defense it's just you can't you can't do what you did to the Vikings you're not going to get a bunch of busted coverages you're not going to get a ton of free big plays on crossing routes against the Eagles they're just they're too they're too sound you know across the board they just play good team defense and have too much talent so uh, you're going to have to at some point have the talent to win one-on-ones and Giants don't.
0: Uh, I go back to the, uh, the Bengals and the Bills uh, January 2nd and Monday night. Obviously a devastating game. They did the right thing in canceling it. But Cincinnati felt that they had a really good game plan. But they've also lost some offensive linemen. I don't think, uh, watching you know, Joe Burrow under siege is, here we go again. It's almost deja vu from what we witnessed last year. Do they have any way to overcome that lack of an offensive line to protect him and to get Jamar Chase downfield against his Bills defense?
1: I think, I mean, when you have Joe Burrow, you have a way. Like, you know, we saw it last year, so I'm not going to count him out. But, man, it's bad. I get, go ahead. It's bad considering the opponent, too. This Bill's defensive line, even with Von Miller, still probably a top five D line in the NFL. So um, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried. They look, they look human against the Baltimore Ravens last week because of that. And if no if no General Williams, Jack Harmon's just, he's a liability. Uh, there's no sugarcoating it. So, yeah, I, I do think the Bills. Really, if they don't win this game, they only have themselves
0: to blame. Uh, Then I want to go back to Dak and the fact that he played so incredibly well, but really against a bad Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, an aging Tom Brady, uh, an offense that was inept, and they just almost had their way with him, even with a bad kicker. So give me your thoughts. which, Which Dak Prescott shows up, the Dak that we saw in the last four or five games down the stretch in that awful game at the end of the year, or the Dak that we saw against Tampa Bay this past week?
1: I wish I could tell you, but uh, truthfully, against the 49ers defense, I think I lean more towards the former, uh, the guy that struggled, just because they don't give you anything easy. You know, this is talked about the Eagles defense being maybe the most complete. I, I think the 49ers has the most high-end talent of guys that are just going to make your life difficult, whether it's Fred Warner at linebacker, whether it's Nick Bosa at defensive end, or whether it's even Charveris Ward playing at super high level, or Talano Hufanga who made first-team all-pro this year at safety. So, Yeah, the 49ers defense is a different animal. I think you're not going to see the same success. To win this game through the Cowboys, you're really going to have to do it on the other side and it's stopping Brock Birdie.
0: i got to ask you, when you guys are sitting around the PFF offices and having a Zoom calls and everybody's meeting and kind of chit-chatting, is Rodgers as much of a topic uh, in the walls of a a company that focuses on pro football versus outside the walls of all the gossip of the fans?
1: Well, we kind of just laugh at it, right, because it's such a soap opera at this point, and it's like, he said, you know, he was never going to be far, but he's turned into the exact same thing, which is hilarious to see, but uh, we try to focus on the field. So we kind of, those things, we don't we don't spend our time debating and we just laugh at them.
0: So tell me real quick before I let you go, you talked about the diminishment of play, um, but what did you see in Green Bay this year, specifically offensively, that led them down this path where they couldn't even make the postseason?
1: a number of things I, I do think roger scott has declined to touch you know not not necessarily a ton but like he's not the same guy that was carrying you um and, and the other thing was just like the offense still needed guys to get open on a consistent basis and still ask guys to go one-on-one because it, it kind of didn't adjust for the loss of devontae adams it was still uh, in those situations they weren't teaming guys open because last year they didn't have to they could just when it was one-on-one across the board you go to Devontae so they didn't have that this year so when you got one-on-one across the board that was when they struggled and you saw that against the Lions both times they played Lions weren't afraid to the press these guys weren't afraid to let their GBs go one-on-one and I think when those were the case they lost more than they won
0: great stuff Mike I appreciate it as always enjoy the weekend and we'll talk again real soon okay
1: for sure, Bill. Thanks so
0: much for having me. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon, Mike Renner. Pro Football Focus at Mike uh, or at PFF underscore Mike at PFF underscore Mike. That's what I was saying. For as much crap as I took uh, a couple of weeks ago when I said they don't have a downfield threat, he said the same thing. They don't have a downfield threat. They were asking guys to go one on one. They couldn't get open, uh, even with Christian Watson and having that little bit of a threat. People crucified me for saying that. And it's like, wait a minute. Their downfield threat consistency was awful this year. So it, it it was it you know Kevin Harlan said the same thing yesterday. Nobody feared it. There was no downfield threat. It was nobody feared it. It's got to be consistent. It's got to work. Otherwise, just throwing downfield because a guy's open and you're missing him or he's dropping passes. It, that's not a threat. You, could it? Could it be? Of course it could be. You got to account for it. But not like you did when you had Devontae. Not like you did when you had Jordy. Not like when you were floating safety side to side or double corners and, you know, running a nickel with two. You know, it just, uh, no, you just weren't accounting for that. So it's good stuff from Mike Renner and the guys at Pro Football Focus. Certainly appreciate it. 877 867 1670 Hit us up. If you want to go ahead and do so, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's CoverItAll.com, dot com. And he's such a good guy. He is Wisconsin's best. And I say this from both experience and just listening to people talk, but uh, he is Wisconsin's best canvas, boat cover provider. Uh, if you've got office furniture, you want recovered. A piece of furniture in your home, you want redone. Uh, gym equipment, you want re- recovered. Uh, there is nobody better. There is nobody better. Uh, there's a big company down in Chicago that saved, I think, tens of thousands of dollars by having all their office chairs redone and and kind of recovered and such by Dwayne rather than having them all tossed and then buy more. And uh, they just kept him coming. So he, he's got stuff all over the state and outside of the state now. So get a hold of Dwayne. Uh, and if you've ever looked at his work when it comes to boats, Boat covers, canopies, things like that, you know, awnings for your home, all that stuff. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. D-U-A-N-E-S, that is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. See for yourself what he does, and, and uh, you can, you know, kind of gauge it over on Facebook as well. If you want to give him a call direct, 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. This is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Final hour, fourth hour of the program. Good to have you on board today. A lot going on. Always appreciate you being here, whether it's uh, listening to us on the, uh, the vast and growing network or uh, the social side. Watching the show and such. We certainly appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Uh as always, joining us now, uh, from the business of sports. Uh and you can get his newsletter and such sent to you all the time. It's at Andrew Brandt on Twitter. Andrew Brandt is now joining us here. Andrew, how you been?
2: Bill, always a pleasure. I always seem to talk to you right after the season uh about what's next for the Packers.
0: Yeah, it's uh, – let me ask you this, and I'm just going to just ask a general question. That is, when you sit there and listen to Aaron and, it, you know, a guy that's been in the front office and you're sitting in your office and are saying, hey, Aaron's on McAfee. Let's take a listen. And uh, give me your reaction.
2: Well, I was in that position obviously 15 years ago or longer where Brett used to come on media and talk about his future, and he was always kind of yes, no, maybe – Uh, So, it's again, this whole deja vu continues, the deja vu of picking a quarterback first 15 years later to the day when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback already on the roster, the deja vu of Jordan Love exactly like Aaron Rodgers sitting for three years, Mm -hmm. and now we wait and see if it's going to be a fourth year or he's going to play like Aaron did in his fourth year. But I think you know the Packers know Aaron as well as anyone. They're, they're, there's nothing that he's saying that's surprising them. And you know I would love to be a fly on the wall for the meetings that he had after the, the Lions game that he talked about, um, meeting with them. So you know, Aaron's a pretty pretty upfront guy. He doesn't beat around the bush too much. So I would think in those meetings, he asked, you know, what's the plan?" Because um, it takes two to tango, and I know mm-hmm. you're going to ask me about the money and the contract and all that. But the bottom line, beyond the money, the contract, the dead money, can they? Will they trade? It's do they want him? Right. Do they want him to be their quarterback in 2023? And do they want to tell Jordan Love wait another year? So I think that's the ultimate question. I know Gutukuns talked, and he was a little bit uh, wishy-washy. You never really get the full answer.
0: What what is the, is the phone ringing with Jordan's agent saying what's going on?
2: I don't know. I mean, I would think he's been ringing for three years. Like, just to know, is he going to play in 2022? Well, that was a no. Is he going to play in 2023? You know, that's a great question. Um, You know, it's always, to me, like, people focus on the Aaron question, but there's the love question. The Packers don't ever seem to me like a team that would give up on a first-round pick without seeing real play. Mm. And I know people are saying, just commit to Aaron and trade Love. I I don't see that. That doesn't mean I see definitely going to Love. But the alternate solution is asking Love to stick around another year as a backup. That's a tough one for an agent and a player. That's a tough one.
0: Yeah, I, but at this point in time, he, he really doesn't have much to say as far as demanding a trade or anything, right?
2: No, he'll be coming up on his fourth year. They have to make a decision on the option year, which I would think they would do. I guarantee him a fifth year um, that to make that decision by May. But, you know, that seems like a no-brainer, because even if Aaron does play, that they got him two more years. Um, um. So, again, this is new territory. Aaron sat for three years. No one in the history of first-round picks in the modern era has sat that long. And now Jordan has done the same thing.
0: Did uh, Brett ever make demands of, you got to bring this guy back, I want this, 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 and this, or did Brett just say, I don't know if I want to come back and I'll let you know?
2: I don't think we ever had discussions about, resigning other players when he was considering. I mean, the one thing Brett did talk about when there were sort of veterans on the market, you know, what about him, what about him, no demands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when T.O. was on the market or Randy was on the market, you know, just kind of inquiring. Uh, but, you know, we had a, we had a system in place. We were bringing along guys like Donald Driver and Greg Jennings and James Jones and Jordy Nelson. So um, that's kind of where we were on that. And, again, nothing contentious with that. It was just that's more what he was asking about.
0: Now I know when, and I know Russ Ball is tasked with the, you know, an an unviable task with trying to get all this money to make it work, but you got some guys that are kicking money down the road. And I I guess the question I would ask before I let you go is, do you look at Aaron and say, you still got it. I believe we still have a pretty good team with a couple of pieces we have to add. Do you start to really begin the shuffling of money to be able to make all this work, bring in the guys that he wants, and maybe a couple of guys that are veterans that can help your your team? Or do you say, we're going to do this through the draft, and it is what it is because we put enough money down the road. I mean, what would that mentality inside the walls of 1265 be? do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a good one. And actually, i got a couple more minutes, so you can ask another question. But okay. on this one... <laughs> On this one um listen you know me bill i i did a different kind of cap management back in the day and you can criticize it i i just felt like you had to protect the future especially with a young quarterback coming at some point you want to have a really good team around him uh this has been a different packer cap management strategy over the last two years i mean which is which continued all the way up till the past two years, which is, again, more pay-as-you-go strategy, and now it's changed. And I think it's changed because of Aaron, because you have this once-in-a-lifetime player who's at the peak of his game who just came off one and then two MVPs. So there's a lot of money pushed out. Uh, and whether, they, whether those guys are back or not, or not, they have cap problems. So the only way to get out of cap problems is to push out more money and create more cap problems in the future, uh, which, is again, what I try to avoid, and I'm not patting myself on the back, just different strategies. So that's what they've been, and they're in this window. And then we have to figure out Aaron's $60 million, That is a guaranteed number. Now that number could go to another team, and then they're off the hook for that. But then there's a big dead money charge. So there's a lot of questions to go through this. And Russ, like I did at this time of year, is going through all the scenarios with Aaron, without Aaron, Aaron trade, Aaron retirement, etc.
0: So real quick before, and without getting into all the details, because this is an unbelievably complicated contract that Aaron yeah, has. Yeah, and I, even yeah. some people that I've talked to, like yourself, that said, boy, this has got a lot of nuances to it. But knowing that you have him for two years, knowing what the contract is, knowing this is it, this is your last hurrah, short of him saying, I want another contract, and then you go through all this all over again. What would you recommend doing?
2: (laughs) I would look at our people and say, are we prepared to take on a $40 million dead money charge, which would be the largest in the history of the sport, tying it with the Falcons this year, with Matt Ryan? Because if we do that then you're playing with it less than a full deck. You know, if the cap's 220, you're playing at 180 to start before Mm -hmm. everything else. And you won't have Aaron. And there are two ways that happens. He retires or he's traded. And if somehow you can push the trade to June June 1, which I think is going to be really hard. I don't know how they Mm, do that. Then it's, you know, 15 million this year and 25 million in 024. But this, that's not an appetizing cap option. It's right. not appetizing with Aaron, but you have Aaron. So, you know, this is what they're faced with. Uh, I don't know what's going on with all the other veterans that Aaron talked about. That's a different issue. But clearly the Packers are bringing along young people at different positions whether it's the receivers or Zach Tom or these linebackers I mean defensive line they' they're looking at young players being a future core of their team uh, and we just have to see you know I guess I'm back to where I started. I'd like to get Guudakunston and the, and the brass in a you know hot light and say mm-hmm. we know he's great. But do you want him back? Do you yeah. want him back? And I know his answer was we want everyone back, but do you really want him back? What's the plan? And I think we've asked this a couple of years now, and I'm not sure it's the same answer as it has been.
0: Andrew, it's always great. Are you going to be out in Arizona? To be determined. Okay. Well, if you are, look us up uh, over on Radio Row. We'd love to have you again, and we'll talk more about Lamar Jackson and Burrow and Chase and everybody yep. else that's actually coming up, so we'll talk then, okay? Yeah, people are tweeting.
2: I have the uh, the newsletter. You go to andrew brandtcom and then I started these reels where I talk about these things on Instagram. So Andrew mm-hmm. Brandt 2 is my Instagram, so you can sort of see this stuff
0: Awesome. Yeah, I get to, I get it every Sunday morning. It pops up. You're the one that wakes me up every Sunday morning when my phone <laughs> goes right, off great. to let me know that I got the mail. So thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you. There you go. Andrew Brandt. You can find his stuff. And his newsletters are awesome. They're awesome. They really are. If you're really looking into the business of football, and he discusses everything. And so if you want some really defining stuff, it's really, really good there. Um, You know, I, I had uh, Jeff said, please explain what dead money is. Dead money is, uh, it's money that if the player, you let him go or you trade them, it's money you owe the player you have to pay that counts against the cap. So dead money is you are paying money for a player that is no longer playing for you. It's money that counts against your cap, but you're not... But, but you don't have the player. So it's like Andrew said, you know, you got your choices. You look at it as you're going to pay a lot of money. You got a lot of money to pay out. So if you trade Aaron, you got a lot of money you're paying out and you don't have Aaron. You've moved on. You've started your future. You've you've gone to Jordan Lump. If... You you pay the money and you keep Rogers. At least you keep. At least you have Aaron. You're paying a player to be on your team, rather than paying a player to not be on your team. So you look at a guy, um, you know, like when when they get rid of certain players. Okay, certain things uh, happen. You know, say they would want to. I don't know. Say say David Bakhtiari. Okay, David Bakhtiari, perfect example. Say this year they decided, you know what, Bach, you're a lot of money. The knee's been an issue. You had some troubles this year. Okay, David Bakhtiari, if if they would get rid of him, decide to say, let's just move on from him. Okay, this 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 year, um, he would be owed twenty three point one three one million. Okay. But his salary this year, if he's on the team, is twenty eight point seven. So in essence, you're gaining about six million dollars, even though twenty three million dollars will be dead cap money, which means you're paying it, but he's not there. He's not he's he's not on your team, you know. Now, I'll say this: twenty twenty three, if if they restructure his deal. If the Packers do a full void restructure of David Bakhtiari's contract going into this year, then again in 2024 for at least a year of his contract would be uh, the five total contract backloads, according to Ken Ingles, and he would be a free agent in 2025, and he would count against the cap of $24.3 million. So you're basically, again, as they say, kicking the can down the road. Like if you just wrote it out, okay, if you just wrote it out, and and paid him the twenty eight point seven million this year. And then after this year you cut him loose, you would still owe him eleven point five million in that signing bonus, in that guaranteed money. But you in essence would be gaining um twenty million dollars, twenty one million dollars, because he would be owed thirty two million in salary in twenty twenty four. So you would then be putting tw- instead of having that already thirty two million dollars on your books, you would only have eleven million dollars on your back. So, you- so you are still paying them, but you are actually gaining twenty million in salary cap. You see what I am saying? So, I think there is, so. yeah, it, it's I, it's that's what I am saying. Being a being a capologist is not easy. Is not easy. They they got to really, really, really know the ins and outs of of everything from signing bonuses to workout bonuses to restructure bonuses, roster bonuses, base salaries, base salaries that can be restructured, signing bonus that can be put into base salary and vice versa. And just all of that, all of that has to be adjusted. So it's it's yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say there's all that with just the straight money part of it with Rogers. What Andrew was also talking about also could play into uh Not only making a decision on whether you think Rodgers can be that in the future, but making a decision on maybe LaFleur or love, right? Right. Where when you're deciding to go forward, it might not only be about, okay, we're screwed with the money anyway. It might as well be Aaron. Could be the question of, do you want him back? Would Goody
1: want to learn about love and learn about LaFleur with with them two together?
0: Like the non-money part of it. Yep, exactly. That's kind of what I'm hung up on when it comes to all this. I I completely agree there's this whole thing this is this gets complicated when you know and, and you know teams that are going to have this problem don't you You're already seeing it in in Baltimore Now he's playing for more of a contract he's not saying whether or not he wants to retire or not but you're when when you get a really good quarterback you it, it, it is an absolute positive blessing and it is a nightmare because you got to pay the man, and then you got to worry about the diminishment of talent. Let's say you look at the one of the older quarterbacks right now, Dak Prescott. Now Jerry is going to pay Dak whatever they can do, and they'll kick that money down the road. Jerry doesn't care because he loves Dak. But eventually, you get the guy like say Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, you're eventually going to have to make some decisions on. You know, uh, Josh Allen. We talked about uh, you know uh, Lamar Jackson. We talked about uh, Joe Burrow. Hurts, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, you're going to have to pay, you know, you're stuck now in salary cap jail with guaranteeing that contract out in Denver to Russell Wilson. That's another one, you know, but you look at teams right now and you think, okay, Tampa Bay, depending on what Tom does, they're going to need a quarterback. New Orleans needs a quarterback, Carolina, Atlanta. um, I don't know how long the Geno Smith project is going to be in Seattle. Um, certainly with Stafford's contract, they've got issues out in LA, uh, Kyler Murray, he got paid. Now you got to If he doesn't live up to it, then what do you do? You got to worry about dead cap money, Houston, Indianapolis, um, Tennessee, you know, Tannehill's good, but is he going to be really a guy that's going to get you over the hump and win you a title? You know, you're going to have it in Minnesota again. Washington. You know, you go through this whole New York, they had three quarterbacks this year. You know, and you got to see if two is healthy, if two is even capable of coming back. All these teams are going to be looking at quarterbacks. I'm just trying to go through my head here of all these different teams and, and all these different divisions, but all these teams could be talking about quarterback situations and how much they're willing to take on, how much the quarterback's going to be paid, how much of a percentage does he take, and, and thus leaving a percentage to the rest of the team. It's got to be under 13%. At $220 million, 13% of that for the year is massive. So it's it's just in how they structure it. It's just you're, whenever you get a good quarterback, it is a blessing, and you better win while they're under that rookie deal or maybe their second deal. But w- what really threw a, a real big giant monkey wrench in the gears of the machine was that dumb Deshaun Watson contract. I mean absolutely spectacularly stupid to guarantee all that money. Really Kirk Cousins started that in Minnesota some years back of the 30 million a year, 3 years guaranteed at 90 million bucks. That that started it. But then Deshaun Watson getting what he did because now it's only going to go up. Now instead of getting 250 million at 100 million guaranteed, which would be a lot of money, now it's like, "Uh-uh, I want 250 million. I want a uh, 200 million guaranteed." And now teams are like, whoa, because that's what's going on in Baltimore. Do, does that, which kills me because players are all like, oh, you got to pay it. This is stupid. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I pay that. I would go, if he wants a Deshaun Watson contract, I'd say, that's fine. I'll go $200 million, $250 million. But I'm only doing $170 million guaranteed at the most because you're a running quarterback. Your accuracy is not great to begin with unless you're on the move. Your legs are what make you. And you've already proven in two years you're going to miss 10-plus games. So why am I shelling out all this money when I'm going to really, 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 really need to build a defense and additional weapons around you because it's most likely you're going to go down. And I have to have somebody, anybody come in and fortify this team at the quarterback position and be able to get it done with the players they have because you're not going to be here whether it's in the beginning of the season, middle of the season, or end of the season, you're not going to be here. I got to continue to win without you. And that's in, that. That's something in the narrative. And he doesn't want to look at it that way. And all these other players are like, you just got to pay him. I'm like, there's no way I'm paying him. He's already proven he's not durable. Not happening. Uh, eight, seven, and part of the problem is, PacFan, you're right. He's his own agent. Lamar Jackson is his own agent. And he's taken to, to, to Twitter and social media to start arguing his case. And it's like, that's wrong. You don't do that either. 877-867-1670. 867 1670 Hit us up. They have got beautiful things going on up north at the Four Seasons Island Resort. And I made a mistake the other day, and I apologize. I was talking about the Muscano Island Chocolate Festival. That is coming. Uh, it's right around the corner. Looking forward to it. Uh, we are going up, by the way, uh, going to spend some time up there at the end of February. February. That's coming up. Chocolate Festival is coming up. I believe it's, I think it's this month, as a matter of fact. It's this month, not January or not February. But uh, if you're looking for a new destination for a corporate meeting, a conference, a wedding, they're doing it all. And weddings are beautiful up there in the summertime. They just are. Call Barb, 715 938 5110. Say, Barb, we want to do this and we want the Bill Michaels 15. How are we looking? And you'll get that. Take your sweetie there for a uh, great Valentine's Day weekend, romance packages. They have them on the website. You can check that out. Or, like I said, the Chocolate Festival. They just had the Al Capone uh, birthday weekend, which was pretty cool. Or go to Pine Mountain. And Pine Mountain has the ski hill and the ski jumps. And they're adding all kinds of stuff up there. Famer Sports Bar and Grill. They've got a big pool on the indoors. they got a lot of stuff there, too. So either place. You want to go skiing, go to Pine Mountain. You want to go just run your – run your because right now they've got snow up there. And you can run your, uh, your snowmobiles all over the joint. Oh, they got great snowmobiling up there. And you can park them and and bring them in right there to the resort. So looking for a new destination, get a hold of our girl Barb right now, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Get a hold of Barb, uh, B-A-R-B, 715-938-5110. Either place, it's awesome. And make sure you ask for the Bill Michaels 15. It's fantastic. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort and Pine Mountain Resort. Sister, uh, Sister resorts up there near the UP. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.